Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So this story takes place uh, a few years ago when I was younger and dumber. I'd spent all my tax returns on a trip to see a friend of mine from high school, a foreign exchange student from Germany. For two weeks, I'd be living with her and the friends that she was living with in a secluded shack on a relatively unknown island of the northern coast of, well, sort of near Denmark. Sites included beaches and farms and fields. My friend was doing conservation work, if anyone's curious. All of her friends were very kind and genuine, But it would seem that one other on the island didn't think so. So around midnight one night, I saw something in the trees. Everyone else had gone to bed and I was just sitting on the front porch with the neighborhood wild cat on my lap, having one of those stereotypical reflect on yourself in a foreign land moments while listening to the waves crashing on the beach just beyond the trees. And a few minutes later, I noticed that one of the trees sort of, well, moved. I didn't actually see it move per se, more like I noticed that the tree seemed somewhat wider than before I guess. I looked down to see if the cat was seeing this and I think that he was. He was definitely looking in the same direction that I was but he hadn't stopped purring. I looked back to the tree and that's when I noticed uh, new branches peeking around the trunk and then I make eye contact with dull yellow eyes. They looked to be whittled and painted onto the wood almost, yet staring into them felt as chilling and lifeless as looking into an insect eye, but still definitely alive. I instantly though felt every hair on my body raise on end as I realized that those new branches have since wrapped around the trunk of the tree. Someone or something was spying on me. Again, I looked down at the cat and... He's still very relaxed and purring. I, however, was not and decided that it was time to go inside and go to bed. The rest of the trip went, well, pretty much great otherwise, but cut to a month or so later and I'm back in the States, and my friend has since moved off the island and is attending university full-time. 
One of the friends that I made there was still on the island though and he sent me a message asking if I remember seeing that fairy creature in the woods that night. I said yes and then he told me something that has since been giving me incessant anxiety especially whenever in the woods alone. You see he and a visiting prospect were heading out for a nighttime walk along the beach just a short stroll through the woods when the prospect stepped on a mass that felt like jam he said. They turned on their phone flashlights and saw up close that what I had thought was a, a fae, it was actually a man in a ghillie suit and he was passed out next to a puddle of vomit. In the following moments my friend proceeded to call emergency services. Police and ambulance arrived to take him away and while they were putting the man on the stretcher, my friend said that he saw the police remove a machete and a small string of chicken wire from the man's person. The police only followed up once and to summarize what they said was an unnamed drunk citizen passed out on our property. If it happens again, give us a call. No mention of the machete or chicken wire at all. My friend said that he asked about this, but the person on the other line either didn't budge or genuinely had no idea what he was talking about. All the people that I met on the island have since left, and so I really have had no updates since then. I still have no idea what that man was planning on doing, but I have a hunch that whatever it was, it wasn't good. I'm especially sure of this because... I did see him a month before peeking out at me from behind a tree. I really don't want to think about what was going on inside of his head, but I worry for the safety of those volunteers there now and what that random man might be planning to do to them. So I was telling this story to a school friend today and he said that maybe I should share it here and ask if anyone knows of an explanation. Here's some background info. So I, a 16 year old male, and my father were hog hunting in southern Tennessee. We've taken trips to hunt for various game every year just after. This year though, we had a good season for deer and didn't want to let the hunting be over, so we decided to hunt hogs. If you didn't know, Hogs are an absolute nuisance of a species, meaning that they can be hunted any time of the year. He had come with me to my stand and gave me general directions to his if I needed up needing them or whatever. I didn't see anything all afternoon to be honest and as soon as the sun began to set I heard what then sounded like gunshots and then squealing from the direction that I understood was my dad's stand. I sat for a moment and decided that I'd go and take a look and see if he had gotten anything. Seeing as the sun was already setting, I figured that it'd be better to help with well, what little light we had. After about three minutes of walking, I came up at what I thought was his stand, though it was more like a shack, I guess. It looked very unkept and rickety. In any case, I approached it and saw my dad through a gap in one of the walls that I assumed was a, a shooting window. I whispered, asking him if he'd gotten anything, he very slowly turned to look at me. If you hunt, then you know that your head movements must be slow as not to alert any game. But this wasn't that. It was more of a, I don't know, a foreign movement. But one resembling that of a, a serial killer almost in some dumb horror movie or something. He looked at me with a blank expression for a minute. 
well, not completely blank, but it had a slight hint of anger, but I quickly chalked it up to my dad wondering why I'd leave my stand before he called. Seeing that I decided that he was not ready to leave, I made my way back to my stand without questioning him any further. Sure enough, my dad called my phone a few minutes after I got back to my stand, saying that he was coming to get me and that we'd leave. On the way home, I asked him why he didn't say anything when I came by, and he sort of looked at me confused, and said something along the lines of, you never came to me. I laughed briefly and asked, no, seriously. My dad is a jokester, but not a prankster or someone who likes scaring people, but he was dead serious. He genuinely stated that I never came to see him at all. The next day, after trying for a while to brush it off, I asked him to show me his stand. And it was not the one that I had went to. And when I went to find where I'd went, there was nothing but a field. No stand at all. Now, I've tried to rationalize it time and time again, but I still have no idea what really happened. At this point... I want to believe my dad is steadfast in his attempt to spook me, or that I imagined it somehow, but I know what happened, and to be honest, I believe my dad. Does anyone have a more accurate idea of what it was? I've always jokingly said that it was a skinwalker, but to be honest, I, I kind of wonder what it really was now. So please, if you have any thoughts, then do share them. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I worked the late shift to pay for university and I would come home at midnight most nights. I share a house with my mum and park my car in a garage that she can open with a remote control. You can get straight into the house through a door that connects the garage with the basement, which I normally do, except for Thursdays that is, where I go around the house to pull our trash can onto the street and then enter through the main door. Our house is surrounded by tall bushes so you can't really see much from the street. It's a small rural village and I know all of my neighbours very well. And well, on a, a Thursday night, I was returning from my shift and when I drove into our street, I noticed an unfamiliar car with its headlights on. Since I know my neighborhood so well, I was kind of confused about the car, but couldn't see the license plate, nor the person sitting in the car clearly since the light was blinding me. You can only drive into our street when you live there or visit someone there since it only circles back to the main street when you follow it to the end. In any case, I opened the gate and the garage door remotely and drove inside. From that point, I can only see the street through the gate since the bushes are so high here on both sides that, like I said, it's pretty hard to see. 
I normally would have left the car and walked outside to grab the trash can, but that day I just got a long voice message from a friend and I stayed in my car to listen to it. Seven minutes into the message, I lift my gaze and look into my rearview mirror and see a, a man standing in my driveway behind my car. He didn't move in any way, he just sort of stood perfectly still and seemed to be watching me. I panicked and I locked the doors, then grabbed the remote and closed the extremely slow garage gate. I just sat there for a moment and I was too scared to leave the car since I couldn't be sure that he didn't enter the garage before the door reached the floor. I also had to call my mother because the garage door into the basement was locked since I had planned to use the main door like I do every Thursday. She later told me that she immediately went to the window she can overview the street since she lives on the first floor, but couldn't see the man or the car at that point. I told myself at the time that it probably was just a neighbor who didn't think about how creepy he acted and that I didn't recognize in the dark or something, but I asked around and nobody knew that guy. I only got the information that the type of car was seen slowly driving around our neighborhood in the last few days. But my mum thinks that it was somebody that wanted to surprise me and force me to let him into the house to rob us or something. My grandma had just died and nobody knew that my mum spent the nights over, I guess. She thinks that he waited behind the bushes and got impatient or confused when I didn't exit the car. And unfortunately, we never actually found out who it was. For context, I'm a 22-year-old woman, and this morning I was waiting near, but not quite at, the bus station that I always use. I was minding my business, talking to my friends via text on my phone, and regularly looking to see if my bus was coming, when suddenly I heard someone calling my name. I looked around and saw nobody that I knew, so I went back to what I was doing. Ten seconds later, I hear it again. This time, I notice that it's coming from a white car a few feet away from me. The first red flag is that I don't know anyone that owns a white car. I went to see who it was, making sure not to get too close to the car, and it was an old man that I'd never seen before in my life. He said, hello, I'm your Uber driver. I looked at him and asked him to repeat what he just said because I thought that I heard him wrong, but I hadn't. I gave him a confused look and told him that I wasn't waiting for an Uber, and when I did, he just sped away. I didn't get the chance to check the license plate or anything, but that was obviously scary on its own, but the worst part is that I think I have no idea who it was. Anyway, two weeks ago, I received a, a very, very long text message from someone that I didn't even have in my contacts. It started with hello and their name. You don't know who I am, but I see your photos on Facebook every day. It detailed things that I've posted on there months ago. And he also complimented really weird parts of my body. My ears, for example. He also gave me the number of moles that I have on my face, which I didn't even know myself. Demonstrating that he had spent a long time examining me. It was obvious that he was trying to be romantic, but it absolutely came out as creepy instead. 
I must mention too that I don't have my phone number on Facebook either. I double checked because I, I thought that I never had it registered in there and in fact I didn't. So I have no idea how or where he got it from. He had other private information that I didn't post either and he didn't reveal his name or give any information that could lead me to finding out who he was, for real that is. And while this was creepy, I just didn't answer and ignored it because, I mean, he wasn't threatening me or anything. I didn't consider it that serious, I guess. I still told all my friends just in case anything else happened, and thankfully nothing did. Not even another text message. That is, until today. I really hope that I'm just being paranoid and that these are two separate incidences, but... I can't help but think that if this person was able to get all that information so easily, he could have gotten my home address or routes that I take daily too. I've started sharing my live location at all times with my friends who are all worried about my safety since these incidents. I might go to the cops with this, but I'm really not sure if they'll take it seriously. Justice is trash here anyway, so even if I did, I really doubt that anything would come of it. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. So one day, my best friend and I were taking a shortcut to her house. It goes past a few houses and through a small area of the woods, crossing a two-foot wide creek. This particular day... I was wearing one of those jackets that had earbuds as the strings. It was a must-have item as a 5th grader in 2010 or 11. As we're passing one of the houses, a couple of big dogs come running from it, jumping on us and obviously just wanting to play and be petted and whatnot. The owner of the house comes out, and I noticed right away that he was acting really sort of fidgety and nervous, saying stuff about the dogs like, Oh, it's okay, they're nice, don't worry. We made small talk with him about the dogs for a few minutes and turned around to leave. About a minute or so later, we arrived at the small creek when I noticed that one of the rubber earbuds that was on my jacket was now gone, and I insisted on going back to look for it. The guy came back out again and even offered to help us. He asked what the material was made out of, and I said that it was made of rubber. We made small talk again. I think about the jacket and how cool it was. And anyway, he said that he was going to be right back with his metal detector. He walked away towards his shed and I said to my friend, Why does he need a metal detector? The earbud is made of rubber. 
Next thing you know, he's coming back with, and I kid you not, a rifle, and he was literally running towards us. But when I'm telling you that we ran, I mean we flew. When we got to safety past the creek and near her house, I was telling her that we needed to call 911. She insisted that we not do that because her parents would have been mad at her. I explained to her with urgency why it's important that we do call the cops, but she just refused and I couldn't force her. I didn't call because I didn't want to do it alone, plus it would have been my first time calling them. I can't remember when or if I even told my parents that night what happened, but when I did tell them, they gaslit me and said that I was just crazy or overreacting, that I didn't really see that. I still think about this near every day and it still haunts me. A second time was again in the fifth grade, taking place after the first story, but I'm not really sure how long after. The friend from the previous story actually lived near a cemetery, about a five minute walk from her house I would guess. It was a big cemetery too and we liked to walk around it a lot. Plus, behind the cemetery was a shortcut through the woods to a big park, which was coincidentally right next to our school. This day, we were also with another good friend of ours. We were just walking around the cemetery this day when all of a sudden a, a blue truck pulls up next to us in the row next to where we were walking, about 10 feet away or so, not far. I could see two guys were in it, literally just staring at us, and I again got that weird feeling that I got with the first guy. It's hard to explain, but right before the shortcut in the woods is a fence with a sort of cutout that leads to a field of grass and a hill next to it that leads into the neighborhood of where my other friend lived. The hill was really a bunch of dead grass, weeds, sticks, cattails, etc. I told my friends that I had a bad feeling about these guys, that they were just staring at us and quite literally slowly following us with the truck. And so we booked it to that grass field and through that hill. I had all sorts of cuts and gashes from all the stuff that we were running through. But when we got to the top of the hill, we turned around and the truck was now parked at the top of the hill on the other side. And both men were outside of it, holding guns and rifles. I truly believe that they were coming after us and they were visibly mad that we got away from them. I knew that they were after us too because they would have had to have driven through the cutout in the fence amongst the gut feelings and just the entire situation was really sketchy. We ran to my friend's house though, noticed her parents who truly didn't seem too worried and drove my other friend and me home. I don't really even remember if I told my parents about it this time since they gaslit me when I told them about the last time but I just can't shake the fact that this really happened when I was in fifth grade, 10 or 11 years old. It's hard to believe how lightly my parents took the situation too. Quite honestly, I think I'm a bit traumatized about what happened and I think about it a lot. Anyway, I just needed to tell some people about what happened, but I have trouble getting my thoughts into words, so thanks for listening. So I'm not the type of person to believe this kind of stuff, especially because I'm not superstitious at all, but these two encounters really made me doubt whatever is going on on this farm. The first encounter occurred when me and my two friends were having dinner. 
Everything was calm. We were eating outside, since this was a relatively big space. That was until we heard a woman scream, which was really odd since the country that I live in is really calm with very few criminals really or even animal attacks since we were in the wilderness after all. I'm the first one to react. I climbed to the wall that separated the house grounds from the animal parts. From there I could see almost all the houses near mine but my friends caught up right after me. We stay in total silence waiting for another scream and we heard it. This time we could understand what she said. Help. She yelled this and then a bunch of gibberish that no one could really understand. One of my friends quickly grabs the phone to call the cops, as we assume it could be domestic violence or a robbery or something. I grab an axe, my other friend follows me to the gate and we didn't leave. Nobody knew what we could find and since something sounded odd about those screams, we weren't quite sure if we should go there or not yet. Plus, I mean, it was difficult to actually pinpoint where it was coming from. But right before the police arrived, we hear this thud and then glass breaking. I assume that it was a window, but as soon as the police arrive, the screams just stop, never to be heard again. The police found nothing too, and later that night, me and my friend stayed up chatting about what happened. One of them was oddly quiet, but when I asked him what was wrong, he simply said, I've heard those screams before. And apparently, he had heard that woman scream a couple of times while he was walking his dog at some point. Anyway, that was weird, but the next day we get up and we decide to go back to check the house and the screams, maybe where they were coming from, but there was one really weird thing about it when we arrived at the place. You see, there was no house. It was just, well, forest terrain, really, with nothing more than big trees and bushes for miles. We came back and... We decided to forget about what happened since we wanted to have a good time. No one would relate this encounter with a skinwalker, obviously. I didn't either at first, but when it happened twice, I started connecting everything. You see, the second encounter happened when my cousins were over, similar to the previous night. We were all having a good time, a peaceful dinner. That's when me and my cousin decided to go for a little walk in the garden that we had and the garden made frontier with a huge forest, only separated by a small stone wall. And we were just talking and laughing when I start to hear a man talking. Not in a normal voice though, it sort of sounded like there was something in his throat maybe? It produced a sort of weird voice frequency I guess. Again though, I go to grab my axe and my cousin calls his sister. We get ourselves near the wall to hear what he was saying, like the first encounter, we could only understand gibberish coming from him, and he just wouldn't stop talking. Like, what I mean is that he was not even taking breaks to catch his breath or anything. It was just a, an endless line of gibberish. After a while of listening to it, we realized that we couldn't do anything about it, so we leave and finish our dinner. They leave and... I found myself alone in here at one point. It was quite unsettling to say the least. But then I start overthinking more and more and I remember the times my dog would spend entire nights barking at that forest when most of the animals that were there were wiped out by hunters at this point. I remember the warnings my parents gave me when I was a child 
to always leave that forest and lock all the doors before sunset, and regardless of my questions, they would never tell me why. Because, as I mentioned before, it was a really calm little location in a calm country, so I just couldn't understand why so many worries. Thankfully, though, it all seemed to end when the lumberjacks came to cut down all the grown trees, leaving the forest pretty much visible. But before the trees were cut down, you couldn't really see much in there, even during the daytime. After they cut the trees and the good weather came, nothing weird really ever happened again. Even my dog stopped barking at the wall. Anyway, I don't know what to think about all of this and... I would like to know if you guys think that I'm just being paranoid or if maybe there's more to this. This happened about six years ago when I was 14. It was Sunday night around 7pm or so and I was at my church's west campus for youth group. At youth group, we would often play hide and seek at the end of the night while we waited for our parents to come and pick us up. We always really enjoyed it because the West Campus has a lot of dark rooms in the basement to hide in. One room in particular was the costume room. The costume room was one of the last in the hallway and had two doors that you could enter it from. One door was always locked though for whatever reason. But the doors were about six to eight feet away from each other so if you picked the locked door you could get to the unlocked one pretty quickly. Something else about the costume room is that it is very cluttered. There are racks upon racks of clothing and different props everywhere. As you can imagine, the room had a lot of places where you could hide easily. Now, on this Sunday, we finished early, so we had about 30 minutes to sort of play hide and seek, which we were all stoked about. The game began, and we all quickly dispersed into the many rooms of the West Campus. As I ran down the hallway... Many of the kids picked the closet rooms to hide in, which is also what I normally did, but everyone had beat me to those rooms and I didn't want to hide with a bunch of other people, so I ran to the end of the hallway to the costume room. The first door was locked, so I went to the second one and entered the dark room. Once I was inside, I hurried through all the clothing racks and made my way to the back and hid behind some props. As I was hiding, I could hear doors opening and closing and walking around outside in the hall. I was so focused on those sounds that I almost didn't notice the sound of shuffling on the other side of the room. My first thought was that maybe somebody else had gotten here to hide before I did, so I whispered very quietly, Hey, who else is in here? I got no reply though. My second thought was that there was probably a mouse or some kind of an animal in there that was moving about. That was until some of the costumes on the rack had fallen down. At this point, my heart is racing. I started to think that somebody was trying to scare me, and quite frankly, it was working too. So I whispered again, please, who's in here? This isn't funny. And again, I got no reply. I worked up some courage and decided to slowly make my way over to the other side of the room to find out who was trying to prank me like this. When I got into the rack where the clothes had fallen from, there was definitely nobody there. I sort of picked up the clothes off the floor and hung them back up because I was just going to hide there now because I didn't want to move again and get caught by the seeker. By this time, I'd been hiding for maybe, I would say, five to seven minutes at most, when suddenly 
someone started knocking on the door. When I tell you that I nearly jumped out of my skin, that's an understatement. But at the same time the knocking happened, the props that I had originally hid behind tumbled to the floor. I almost had a heart attack at this. The knocking stopped. The sound that took its place was the sound of both door handles being sort of jiggled, followed by, is somebody in there? I popped up out of my spot at this point and ran to the door, but it was locked. I ran to the other door and it was locked too. And the thing about this is that there was only one key to unlock the doors and the person who had it was not there that night, so how the heck did the unlocked door that I had entered through magically just become locked like that? By now, I'm screaming and banging on the door with tears rolling down my cheeks. Stop holding the door shut, my youth pastor yelled. I screamed at the top of my lungs. I'm not, I'm not holding it. Then, to put the cherry on top, the entire rack of clothes fell over, which just shouldn't have happened. Like, not just the clothes on it, the whole rack was pushed over. If I wasn't freaking out before, I definitely was now. I ran over to check the other door again, and now it was all of a sudden unlocked again. You can bet your sweet buns that I ran as fast as I could, right past my youth pastor and friends, right up the stairs and into the bathroom. About two minutes later, my friends followed me into the bathroom and they asked me what had been so funny. They said to me, we heard you laughing down there. Why did you break those props? They heard laughing coming from the room that I was in? But I didn't hear any laughing and I definitely wasn't laughing in there. I told them what happened, but they just didn't believe me. They thought that I had planned this whole story to try and scare them. I don't know what else was in that room with me that night, but by the sound of it, it had a good laugh, scaring my very soul right out from my skin. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.